Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Shona Elliott. She's a trusted advisor for CEOs and human resources executives, and she's a best-selling author as well as an avid golfer and a biohacker. Shona, welcome to our podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Christopher. I really appreciate it. So let's just start with, you have a few icons. Biohacker is really cool. I haven't actually talked to any biohackers as of late. So just talk about what do you mean by biohacker and how come you have this light bulb next to biohacker? So first share about the biohacker aspect of you. Yeah, I'm a, a biohacking novice. I couldn't quite fit all of the characters in my LinkedIn profile. And uh Basically, in the last three or four years, uh, I have a four and a half year old daughter. And as I stepped away briefly from the uh, executive world, I looked for different things to keep my brain optimized and discovered the world of biohacking, which really looks at uh, your own genetics and your environment and basically hacking those specific things to get the most out of them. So basically optimizing your brain through sleep, nutrition, fitness, and all sorts of interesting things like uh, infrared saunas, cryotherapy, uh, taking a look at uh, stem cells, exosomes, uh, supplements, what have you. And so I've really kind of got into that world and uh, my brain as a result of that certainly has become a bit sharper and uh, a little bit quicker in terms of reading and synthesizing information. I mean, you have a four and a half year old, uh, all the help you can get, I think, <laughs> is good. Uh, so yeah, I've kind of drifted into that world. I'm uh, not an expert. And yet in saying that, I wish I would have found biohacking uh, when I was uh, an active CEO because peak performance for anyone, such as like athletes uh, and performers, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on training. And yet CEOs and leaders, we don't really think about peak performance in the ways that athletes do. We don't hire coaches in that space and we don't really focus in on it. And all of the things I've learned with biohacking in the last few years, I certainly could have used uh, during my time working 80 hours a week as a, a busy executive. So that'll be an area of focus uh, for me in the next few years to kind of help uh, executives uh, or any leaders really take a look at their sleep, their management of stress levels through mindfulness and quality of nutrition and fitness. and and really encouraging them to seek out experts in that space to ensure that they have peak performance when they are leading their teams. You show up so much differently when you've had some moments to meditate uh, before a big meeting uh, and you eat uh, perhaps in a way that doesn't have a big sugar rush, uh, you know, like a big donut or a heavy, heavy meal before you go into an important meeting. So kind of thinking of those things to optimize your own performance as a leader is absolutely critical for success. That's awesome. So what if you ate a small donut? Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I used to do that, you know, you go into a seven o'clock meeting uh, and you, you hit the quickest, you yeah. know, start on the way in. And I monitored my own performance, oddly enough, after I show up differently after having uh, a donut or two uh, than I would if I just had been fasting or had something a little bit more green uh, yeah. for breakfast. So I, I've noticed that in myself, the impact uh, when you focus on optimizing your nutrition as you show up as a as a leader in important meetings or, or really any meeting 
Yeah, no, it's a great point. And again, it doesn't seem like it's relevant to the things that we're talking about now, but frankly it is because what I'm saying for our listeners is that you're a very intuitive, aware and selective person. So in your case, Shona, as you're helping your clients, you also have that same self-awareness, iterations, and that's what all life is about because ultimately it is something as simple as drinking a glass of water or getting a good night's of sleep in complete darkness or certain things that we all don't even realize that if people have difficulty going to sleep and if you ask them, well, were you in front of the computer or the TV? Because our brains don't know that it's not sunlight and our brains need to know that it's dark, but all these things we're not really taught. So going back to what you're saying, it's so important because I'm pretty sure that segues into your work as an executive coach and a speaker. So let's talk about your book. You wrote a book about creating value as a senior leader, effective strategies to retain employees, increase engagement and achieve your organization's goals. So talk about that book and what inspired it. Yes, uh, that book is really 15 years of experience that uh, I felt was an important message in terms of the learnings uh, and my lessons learned uh, throughout my leadership uh, career. And I it was inspired uh, by going through a, a kind of a, a book uh, coach process. Uh, I had a free some free time when my daughter turned three and a half and started preschool uh, to write a book. And as I looked for folks to help me with that process, uh, I wasn't even thinking about writing about leadership. It was about something called uh, temperance drinks. And, uh, but as I was going through the coaching process, I didn't really want to disclose that. And so I thought, well, I'll just submit proposals and talk to potential publishers about leadership. And as I went through that process, it was so effortless for me. And I was so passionate about actually the subject of leadership that that ultimately is what I wrote about. And the essence of the book is around senior leaders kind of dispelling with uh, what I call management mythology. As senior leaders, we sit in our meeting rooms, boardrooms, and offices, and we get sanitized reports from our leadership team, usually with good intention, and we hear the same stories repeated at meetings, and they're not really ever fact-checked against the reality of the conditions employees are working uh, in on the front lines. And so as an end result, you make decisions perhaps not in the most informed way. And throughout my leadership uh, journey, I have just had the blessing to, to know early on that I should always be taking the time to what I call walk in the shoes of my employees. So regardless of the role I held, you would see me on occasion uh, cleaning toilets in hospitals uh, with my environmental services team, uh, delivering food trays, making food trays on a food uh, tray processing line, which was kind of interesting, uh, servicing IT tickets, uh, watching orthopedic surgeons do joint replacements. Didn't really matter what the role was, but I would pull 12 hour shifts on a weekend on the you know, at midnight to see what the working conditions were for nurses. And through those, ex those experiences, I really a, began to build a different relationship uh, with those employees than I would have had otherwise. But then I began to see more the reality of what we needed to pay attention to. And you know, the example I, I share in my book and with those I've spoken to is I was in charge of organizational culture and a bunch of other stuff for a large hospital. And I would be saying, we are making great strides on treating each other respectfully in the workplace. And, and we had, and I was doing one of my uh, walking in the shoes experiences with uh, an environmental services worker on a nursing unit, which wasn't reporting to me at the time. And it was 7 a.m. and I'm in scrubs cleaning the nursing unit. And so I was doing that. 
you know, I would say good morning to the staff and I was ignored and uh, I was excluded from any conversation on the unit. And so was the, um, the environmental services worker that was aside me. And it was, uh, it was just absolutely kind of jaw dropping experience for me. I, I, I can believe we would be excluded from conversation and not even responded to uh, when we said good morning. And so that really um, gave me some pause to realize that we had so much more work to do with respect to building a respectful culture. And so during our break, I spoke to the employee and, and asked her about that experience. And, you know, she was embarrassed and, and uncomfortable about it. And I just said, hey, listen, I'm going to apologize for for what I thought was a culture we had established. And obviously, we have so much more work to do. And that had shaped really our future strategy with respect to culture. Well, that's great. And we can invite your daughter too. That's cool as well. But Shona, thanks so much for being on our podcast. How can our guests stay in touch with you and, and read your book? Uh, they can find me at uh, my website, which is www.shonaelliot.org. That's S-H-O-N-A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T.org. And my book is on Amazon as well, but they can just uh, reach me at my website and they can get a copy there. And what's your daughter's name? My daughter's name is Savannah. Can you say hi? Savannah. Hi, hi Savannah. Thank you so much for being on our podcast, Shona. Thanks Bye-bye. so much, Christopher. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.